Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. When you hear the phrase, heroes of the faith, you generally tend to think about people who have lived and died and given examples of faith in their life and maybe even in their death. Uh, Maybe you think of Hebrews 11 and all the examples of faith that are in that chapter. Maybe you think of something like Fox's Book of Martyrs and the stories of Christians now throughout the last couple millennia who have been killed for their faith or stayed faithful to Christ even unto death. Well, today I want us to anticipate some heroes of the faith that are yet to come as we uh, look at Revelation chapter 13. And I want us to consider that these heroes of the faith in scripture and in history, and I would even argue today, should be examples to us now. And today we're looking at Revelation 13. And again, I've talked about some of this. There's different ways that uh, faithful Christians interpret the book of Revelation. And I think the best way to interpret it is a futurist uh, interpretation, where it's saying this is stuff that is going to happen in the future. And today, really, the, the chapter is mostly about these two beasts. Uh, one rises out of the sea in verse one, and the other rises out of the earth in verse 11. And as you look at these beasts, uh, the, the first beast often has been associated with this figure, and I think it's accurate, of the Antichrist. And it talks about him. And, and notice even, uh, I think, precedent for interpreting this beast not as a literal beast, but as some kind of human leader or ruler um, would come from Daniel. You think of those beasts refer to these kingdoms or two rulers rulers of those kingdoms. And this beast comes and has authority. It says exercise authority for 42 months. What's 42 months? That's three and a half years. And again, notice how often as we've read Daniel and Revelation, three and a half years or seven years, three and a half being half of seven has come up. And it says in verse six, it opened this beast, opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling. That is those who dwell in heaven. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword, he must be slain. And then look at this line here. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Now, what I don't want you to do, if you're reading this and and your perspective on theology is like mine, uh, again, uh, this is an area where there's a lot of debate, probably no 
no debate more in any other region of theology amongst faithful Christians than in eschatology. But if you share my perspective of uh, we are living before the millennium, we're, we're pre-millennial, and even uh, this tribulation is yet to come, and we think the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation begins, please don't then read verse 10 and see that line, here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints, and think to yourself, I'm so glad I don't need endurance or faith. No, because guess what? You do need endurance and faith. And that's one thing I want you to get out of the reading today. I do think we're seeing an example of saints that are are yet to come, uh, those that will be faithful and will be martyred in this future stage of history. But that's where whether it's saints yet to come or whether it's saints of the past, their examples are meant to help our endurance and our faith. Because if you read the New Testament, um, You see all throughout that endurance and faith are called for. Endurance and faith are necessary for the Christian life and opposition, suffering, and persecution will be part of the Christian life. Uh, Even if I am right in this view of a pre-trib rapture, that's no guarantee that you're not going to face increased persecution. That's no guarantee that you may not in your life be martyred for your faith. And guess what you would need if that arises? endurance and faith. And so I want you to be encouraged, especially now, hopefully if you've been reading with us, uh, you're thinking of these future saints, but also now you have uh, the whole Bible that we are almost done reading of examples of men and women of faith. Uh, Their history has given us so many great examples of this. Uh, We need endurance and faith. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I doubt that uh, the threat of being martyred feels like a very real threat today, Wednesday, December 21st. I doubt any of you listening to this are are seriously concerned or think there is, you know, even more than just a a crazy chance, a small chance uh, that that there's actual reality that you would somehow uh, lose your life for your faith today. And that's where I want to think, well, what are the challenges you're facing today? And would you let this even give you perspective on those challenges? I think many of us were kind of running a jog uh, when many of our brothers uh, and sisters in the Lord around the world and throughout history, they're they're running some kind of Spartan race where they're doing all kinds of challenges and, and having their endurance tested in crazy ways. And and many times we're, we're whining about the jog that we're on, uh, being like, oh man, this is so hard. No, let the examples, whether they're saints past or saints yet to come, uh, let, let their example of faithfulness inspire us to endure, to be faithful. I hope this strengthens you today. Whatever challenge you are facing, endure uh, for the sake of Christ. Be faithful uh, and trust God and let this be an example uh, to you. Uh, then we get to the second beast in verse 11, and the second beast seems to be all about pointing people uh, to worship the first beast. Uh, that's why this second beast often has been associated with a figure uh, referred to as the false prophet, because he is pointing people towards this first beast, the Antichrist. And then it ends there uh, with this 
mark of the beast and the number of the beast. And again, when that comes up, I do think that there's a clear sense of allegiance, even when it's contrasted with those who have their names written in the book of the life of the lamb, uh, who are faithful to Christ, uh, as opposed to those who take this mark of the beast. It seems that there's some clear, uh, even idea of loyalty to the beast. So I don't think there's any sense of, oh, this is something that's taken accidentally by Christians. Christians. Uh, no, it is, I think, something that will be much clearer than that uh, when it happens, because it's contrasted there again with that call for endurance and faith. We are called to be faithful to Christ no matter what. And I hope this passage encourages you in your endurance and your faithfulness today. Uh, let's go to the Old Testament now to finish the book of Zechariah with chapters 10 through 14. And what we see today in these chapters gets us uh, pointed towards the future. Uh, Some of it clearly, I think, referring to the second coming of Christ. And again, I think we see uh, how part of God's plan for the future, uh, the nation of Israel still plays a feature in that. And uh, look at chapter 12, verse 10. It says, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. And even you think back to the preaching of the early church and how they held people responsible, you know, this Jesus whom you crucified and that there's going to be in in these last days, there's going to be a sense amongst even the people of Israel. Well, we see Jesus. We see him uh, whom we have pierced and we weep and we repent over what it is that we have done. And I think there's something about this moment that should speak to all of us. I do think there will be something powerful when uh, we see Jesus Christ and we realize that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And I sure hope we have some sense of the power and the gravity of those words now. And we're moved by them when we read them or we sing them. But when we see Christ, there's going to be a whole new level of realization of the power and the gravity of what Christ did for us. And I hope you get a little glimpse of that as you read Zechariah today. And then Zechariah 14 is an amazing chapter. I think it fits with a lot of the other things that we're seeing with eschatology, even the idea of waters flowing out of Jerusalem. But it's this picture of Christ coming and standing on the Mount of Olives and the Mount being split in two and really all the kings of the earth, they're, they're gathered against uh, Jerusalem. They're gathered against the Lord and Christ wins. I think that will match up with what we'll see even later in Revelation. But again, the reminder that Jesus is coming back. He will win. He will reign. And again, that's a reality that should uh, increase your endurance and your faith. So I hope today, uh, as we're reading through, again, there's a lot in these passages, both Zechariah and Revelation, that can be hard to understand. There's a lot that's that's debated, even in both of our passages today. But I hope we leave with a clear call for the endurance and faith of the saints and that your endurance and your faith are built up as we look at these heroes of the faith today. 
Now, before I sign off today, I want to remind you that uh, Christmas is coming, the new year is coming, so we are planning to read through the Bible again and to remind you of the plan for the next two years. We're planning on using the same plan. Uh, it'll have to be modified for the days of the week because, again, we'll, we'll read six days and, and take Sundays off to either let you catch up or just focus on church that morning. Um, but we're going to be just doing readings from the Old Testament and the New Testament every day, reading through the whole Old Testament and the whole New Testament next year. And what we're hoping to do with the podcast is next year only comment on the New Testament portion. Um, to go a little more in depth there uh, and kind of build an audio commentary that's not necessarily tied to the date, but really tied more to the passage so that even as people uh, maybe get involved with reading the Bible more for the first time and aren't quite ready for reading through the whole thing in a year, they can go at their own pace and, and learn what they need to learn and maybe go a little slower since a lot of it's new to them. And then the next year we'll go through the same plan, Old Testament and New Testament in the reading, but the podcast will only comment on the Old Testament. Testament portion uh, as we do that. So be ready for that. We'll be starting January 1st is a Sunday this year. So we'll be doing that first day of reading Lord willing on January 2nd. And I can't wait for another year of revival from the Bible with you. Uh, Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.